The truth about the truth. The truth deceives us most of the time, treads lines, dots and question marks, creates history in cornered perspectives, shapes its faces and forms to point of view, shifts from eye to eye, from mind to mind. We will never know if we hear the same songs, taste the same spices, see the same hues, feel the same aches, touch the same satins. The truth is just another fairy tale we were told to sleep at night. Welcome to the Memento Mori Lab podcast. I'm Myra, your host and aspiring writer friend. On today's episode, I thought it would be interesting to talk about the concept of truth, which involves our truth as creatives, our authenticity, as well as the truth in how the work is received, like interpretation, points of view, context, tastes, opinions, feedback, and so on. Today things will be a bit different, and I have a couple more poems to read throughout the episode. A quick side note, though, is I find it very hard to call the texts I write poems, because it feels kind of audacious and almost delusional in a way. I never studied poetry and I've only recently started writing in this format. But anyway, we will talk about the whole imposter syndrome in another episode. The poem you heard at the beginning talks a bit about how the truth is full of perspectives and question marks. My idea with that poem is to bring to light how thin the truth actually is, when we consider that we cannot see, taste, hear, or feel the same things. The concept of truth is fascinating to me. I honestly regret not studying philosophy in uni, which was a while ago. Now it seems too overwhelming, but I'm learning some things here and there. Thinking about truth can fuck with our minds, mainly because the more we look at it, the more we realize it's a made-up concept just like any other. And here is a short poem about that. Breaking truth. Dancing between mirrors, gently tracing my reflections. The truth bends pieces of glass, shattered illusions for all. Thinking about truth as an illusion, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole of videos about Nietzsche and his thoughts on truth. So, allow me to butcher his work and quickly summarize it based on random YouTube videos. When it comes to the question, what is truth, he had a few core concepts. The most interesting one to me was this, quote, Truth is a mobile army of metaphors, metonyms, anthropomorphisms, in short, a sum of human relations which were poetically and rhetorically heightened, transferred and adorned, and after long use seemed solid, canonical and binding to a nation. End quote. So, okay, if truth is a mobile army, it means it's in motion, not fixed like we would expect the truth to be. He then says the truth is built up by metaphors, metonyms, and anthropomorphism, 
Concepts in language that are far from accurate. What screams at me, though, is the thought that truths are human relations heightened, then passed on and on until they become binding to a nation. So, human relations to things, to people, to the world, that have been repeated often within a group, are now true inside that circle. The truth exists within groups and communities. They are relative to each human being and their environment. And, and these so-called truths are simply convictions and beliefs people internalized as the truth without ever questioning them. No wonder it took me 28 years to realize I wanted to be a writer and 25 to realize I was a lesbian. I'll share a poem I wrote about my wife at the end of this episode that goes well with this theme. So back to the subject. How do our truths, convictions and beliefs affect our creative journeys, art and life in general? This is the reason why I'm getting all philosophical here. The concepts we hold as true can be empowering, but they can also hold us back. I believe to explore our creativity and expand our creative journeys, it is crucial to always question the truths we live by in our lives. This goes from don't mix green and orange to you should have your life figured out by 35 or 30. I don't know what people say, but you get the point. Nietzsche suggests we experiment, challenge these truths, get to the bottom of them. Everything we believe to be true we chose to believe. When we open our minds to multiple concepts of what can be true, of what is possible, it opens up our creativity too. It opens up endless possibilities. Apples. She walked around the square, biting into her apple as I bit mine. Did we taste the same fruit? She'd say hers was green. I would say mine was too. Did we see the same hues? Leaves cracked under her feet, the apples between our teeth. Did we hear the same sounds? Her eyes landed on mine. She looked just like me. Did we think the same thought? She went left. I went the other way. Understanding that we have our truths helps us see that every person has their own. And this poem brings me to my next point. We often say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but so is truth. Isn't it crazy that you and I can stand in front of the same painting and see completely different things, feel different things, understand different things? This applies to anything in life. You and I can sit in front of our boss, hear the same speech, but hear completely different things. But if we all see things differently, why are we as creatives trying to please everyone? It seems many artists are creating for others instead of exploring their creativity and bringing their own truths to their work, trying to write the words or paint the pictures that others will like. Sure, we have the commercial side of things, but that's not my point here. I fear that, in search of likes and acceptance, we lose ourselves in the process of creating. There's so much of the same out there, you know? 
And I think many of us could really bring new stuff to life if we could dive deep into ourselves instead of following trends with our eyes closed. Though art can be commercial, I believe that art can bring concepts to life, help us understand each other, incite emotions, instigate questionings and mesmerize us. But not when we are afraid of exploring our creativity, because then we remain on the surface, shallow. Like a beautiful lake with a breathtaking view of the mountains, the view becomes mundane after a while. But if we can take a deep dive into the lake, we would find so much more. We would discover trash and treasures. Fearful of negative feedback, we remain on the surface. That's why I think this episode is so important. Considering that people have unique perceptions based on their contexts and knowing for a fact that we will never please everyone, we can start detaching from the impact negative criticism has. Basically, other people's opinions are often not about us or our work at all. There is technical feedback that can be really helpful to our growth as artists, for sure. But when we create things from a place of avoiding criticism and searching for likes, our process is corrupted. Does that make sense? Freeing ourselves from these opinions, judgments and quote-unquote truths can help us create more, go deeper into the lake. The creative work is at its best when it's done in genuine expression or exploration. Once the creative work is done, then opinions and feedback will come in and we can take everything with a grain of salt. I'm saying this to myself as much as to any other struggling creative soul out there. Remember, people see things differently. What they like or dislike is not necessarily a reflection on your work and it's often based on their own convictions and experiences. This also goes for our self-criticism. Blinded by our own demons, convictions, likes and dislikes, we miss out on a lot. I'll speak for myself here, for example, when I'm writing, there's always this inner editor cutting off words before they hit the page. And that is far from ideal from a creative standpoint. Our first drafts, first sketches, first rough ideas need to be free. You know what I mean? I think maybe we rely too much on taste, on likes and dislikes. Meaning we dismiss things we don't quote unquote like at first without truly experimenting with them to find out what they really are. Wouldn't it be more interesting perhaps to dig a little deeper, look at things in a different way, try and push the boundaries? Like in the movie Dead Poets Society, maybe we should climb on our desks and remind ourselves to constantly look at things differently. Well, that's it for this philosophical episode. Did this episode make any sense to you at all? Let me know on Twitter or Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode, please, please share it with your friends. And if you didn't, maybe you share it anyway as a prank. I don't know. Before saying goodbye, here is the poem I promised about my wife. It's called Second Date. Second Date. 
We went in together, sat next to each other, touched hands at times. We watched the big screen, I ate most of the popcorn, she had some sour candy, we shared our drinks. Did you like the movie? I loved it. I didn't. We've been together ever since. Thanks for hanging around till the end. See ya.